Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. This is my favorite version of that song, obviously originally conceived by Bruce Springsteen. And the Bruce Springsteen version versus the band version of this particular song was one of the many fascinating Atlantic City topics that was recently covered on the Do For A Win Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast, which is the only Atlantic City uh, podcast that I regularly listen to. I never miss it. I subscribe. And um, it, the, it was interesting to me, now that we're uh, airing in Baltimore as well, I'm trying to find more ways to find... Uh, make the content relevant, the, the content we talk about on this show relevant to folks listening in Maryland as well. And it just so happens that on a recent edition of the Do For A Win podcast, where one of the co-hosts, by the way, is a Marylander, the other non-Maryland portion of this podcast happened to make a field trip to Maryland. So we thought uh, maybe that's Kismet's way of saying that we should be uh, doing a uh, a, re- a visit again to the Do For A Win crowd, and uh, very, very pleased to be joined by the co-host of Do For A Win, Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? It's good to be here, and it's always good to talk about Atlantic City, or, or Maryland in this case. Now, your your co-host, Kyle, is indeed a Marylander, right? Yeah, we're both actually from Maryland, but uh, yeah, I moved up to New Jersey, so <laughs> I guess I'm, I've renounced my Marylandism and so for, proud New Jersey for Marylanders that are uh, that are thinking of renouncing their Marylandism uh, and heading up uh, up north, why did you move up to New Jersey from Maryland? Uh, well, my wife's from up here, but <laughs> I always wanted to live in New York City, and so she ended up in grad school in New York City. So we lived in Manhattan for five years, and then once the kids started happening, it was time to 
get some more space and move out to Jersey. Well, so all we're seeing all of New York and New Jersey move to Florida. Would you recommend New York or New Jersey for Marylanders that are thinking about uh, leaving their state? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Craig. I'm just, I'm curious about your honest uh, your honest opinion. I mean, I love New Jersey. I love Hoboken and I love Atlantic City, obviously, and and a lot of the shore. Um, the the property taxes are insane, though. So oh it, you know, yeah. it's hard to, yeah, <laughs> hard, hard to sure. make that recommendation. That right is now. for sure. All right. So tell me about your uh, recent trip to um, to to Baltimore. I know you took in a Ravens game, and then uh, you made your, I think, first trip to one of the casinos down there. To give us the highlights and the lowlights. Yeah, I think it was my second trip to Maryland Live. I, I went maybe four or five years ago, um, and. It was a similar experience. It's it's ten years old now. That casino it opened in twenty twelve. Uh, it's a casino that was built in a parking lot of a mega outlet mall. And from what you're picturing from that description, you're probably exactly right about what <laughs> <laughs> what that casino is. Uh, it's it's nice, but it's very generic. It's it's got a cheesecake factory in it. Um, I think, and I think that about sums it up. <laughs> it's got a food court. It's got a lot of slot machines. Um, it's got some table games and the limits are fairly high. Uh, and it's just always very, very crowded. I mean, it's in a really crowded part of, of Maryland, um, off the I-95 corridor, um, in Anne Arundel County. And it's just always extremely, extremely crowded. So, <laughs> so it, that's a little bit of a, a downer on that part. Oh, Cause sure. you know, I, I sort of like to wander around and just find a machine and it's, it can be hard to get on a machine. It can be extremely hard to get on a table. Um, but it's, it's plenty nice. I mean, if you're just in that area and looking to, get a casino fix i think it's a perfectly nice casino i don't think it's just really worth going out of the way like i have to drive past atlantic city i mean i guess you've got to go east quite a bit to get to atlantic city coming from north jersey but uh you know i'd much rather take that detour and go to atlantic city than than go to maryland live or horseshoe which i've also been to a couple of times and where's um, horseshoe where's horseshoe horseshoe is in baltimore it's right next to the raven stadium gotcha gotcha um, so you can add one of the little hacks is you can actually park there if you're a diamond uh, Caesars oh. member or, or above. Well, <laughs> you can park there for know. free on game days. <laughs> but if you're a New Yorker or close to um, uh, close to Atlantic City or close to Las Vegas, for instance, you would definitely say it's not worth a special trip to go to Maryland Live. It's really something that exists for the convenience of people that live near there. Yeah, I mean it's a locals casino, and and it's it's a little nicer than I think what what you picture as a locals casino, um, but it's yeah it's there for people who live in Maryland. They don't expect people to come from out of town. They don't need anyone to come from out of town to make plenty of money. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's fine. But now uh, getting getting back to the um, situation with the Atlantic City song that we talked about, you and Kyle talked about this in a recent edition. Of uh, of do for a win. By the way, if people want to check out do for a win, they can search it where wherever podcasts are available, or just go to do for a win dot com and hear the episodes on there. Here's a a little bit of the uh, discussion that you and Kyle had. Back to Atlantic City, the song. <laughs> I, I have no comment because I'm not familiar with the other band. So they play at uh, Hard Rock, I think, semi regularly. Hmm. I saw like a 12 year old kid in his Southside Johnny shirt the other day at a playground, and I was like, what? If I went to a Southside Johnny show, I'd be the youngest person there by 20 years. Anyways, the band, the Canadian-American band, formed in Ontario in like the 50s. They were around forever. (laughs) (laughs) 
One of the original six, shortly. Yes, one of the original six bands. That's why they were allowed to be called the band. That's right. (laughs) Covered Atlantic City in their 1993 album, Jericho. And if you are in Atlantic City and you hear this song, it is probably the band version because it's much more upbeat. It's certainly played a lot on the boardwalk from the billboards or whatever they are, the TVs. Yeah, and that is the band version. If you listen to the Atlantic City Report on the other side of Midnight with Frank Morano, he also uses the band version as his intro to that. So if you need a song titled Atlantic City for your Spotify Atlantic City playlist, please use the band version and not the Springsteen version, because nothing will make you want to go to Atlantic City less (laughs) than the Springsteen version. Uh, For starters, Craig, I appreciated the shout-out there. It was very nice as I was driving home uh, being able to hear that uh, that shout-out. Second, I'm curious, what kind of uh, pushback, if any, did you get to those comments from the Springsteen fans? I've noticed the Springsteen fans are almost cultish in their devotion to Bruce, and I have to think you ruffled some feathers with those comments. No, no pushback. Nobody likes the Springsteen version of that song. (laughs) <laughs> it, you know, you what you said there is right on the money. It is a bit it is a bit more depressing than the band version, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the point of the song. Yeah. But it, you know, for people who actually like Atlantic City, that's that's not the vibe that I think of when I think of Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, no, and it uh, it certainly is not the vibe that I get it either. Um, it, by the way, you we, we were talking about the um, Baltimore Casino. I would think a lot of the people that lived in Maryland used to probably make the trip up to Maryland. On the last edition of your podcast, you guys were theorizing maybe even making a trip to Philadelphia, certainly not long ago, to go to the casino there. Uh, Not long ago, the folks that live in Philadelphia, they would certainly go to Atlantic City. Now, there's three new new casinos that are coming to the New York City area. Used to be that New Yorkers, their only option uh, was uh, for East Coast gambling was Atlantic City. You guys love to crunch the data and really dig deep into the data. What do you think all these casinos in all these neighboring jurisdictions means for the long-term prospects of Atlantic City's survival? Uh, it certainly probably doesn't help. I mean, I think the the first big thing that hurt Atlantic City was the Connecticut casinos mm. because it took away the monopoly that they had on East Coast casinos. And And the story of Atlantic City really is that they've never – invested properly in making it something beyond just a casino destination. And when they were just raking in money hand over fist in the, you know, eighties and into the early nineties. Um, I mean, for a time it was, it made more gambling revenue than Las Vegas did despite having only ever having as many as 12 casinos. Um, so even during that time, it was just a rush to get as many people into the doors of the casinos as you could. You kept everyone in the casinos. You try, There was no, no attempt to do anything to make the city um, really more of a destination than that. And so that's starting to not be the case anymore. You're seeing more grassroots development. Um, like we've talked about on the show a bunch of times, um, the the Orange Loop development, which is the the new restaurant's um mark Colasso, who i think you've had on the show before yes. has done a lot with that um opening restaurants and stuff that is not in any way related to the casinos not invested in by the casinos and, and drawing people out of the casinos to go to that kind of stuff we've got the the water park opening so there's they're starting to be more of that development that hopefully will keep people who are coming from philadelphia and are coming from maryland and are coming from new york 
going to Atlantic City. Um, so, I mean, I think the people who go to Atlantic City now and love it or will continue to go. But yeah, if you're in New York City and, and Atlantic City is your easiest gambling destination, once that's not true anymore, it's certainly going to mm-hmm. siphon off some of that population. I know, you know, Philadelphia now has uh, two casinos in Philadelphia. It's got one just outside of Philadelphia. The parks in Delaware is not that far outside of Philadelphia. So I know that they've lost a, a good portion of that. But I mean, really, the numbers are actually pretty good right now. <laughs> like Atlantic City is doing pretty well now post um, all the closures for the pandemic. So uh, it is promising in that case. But uh, yeah, it'd be certainly the thing that everybody's afraid of is the New York casinos coming and taking away a lot of New York business. You talked about how the data su- suggests that Atlantic City casinos are doing pretty well right now. Do, do you know if a lot of that is due to the sports betting and the electronic gambling, the online gambling, or is a lot of that good old fashioned brick and mortar people playing on slot machines or tables? Yeah, I mean, certainly the the narrative that you see a lot is that it's all online and sports and that is bringing in a lot of revenue and at very low overhead for the casinos, which is good for them. And, and in New Jersey, the rule is you have to have a physical casino in Atlantic city to offer sports betting or to have online gambling. So it really does just benefit those casinos. Uh, but we really only focus on the brick and mortar numbers on our show uh, because you can gamble anywhere in New Jersey on the sports apps and on the online apps. So as far as we're concerned, we only really care about the health of the city and how the casinos physically in the city are doing. And the brick and mortar numbers are also doing really well. That comes through in in the profit data also. So uh, it seems like people are physically going to Atlantic city. And, and so the casinos are doing pretty well that way too. What was your last trip to Atlantic city? Uh, It was a few months ago. I think it was, july <laughs> i can't remember at this point and uh what were your impressions how, how did you think things were how would you rate your trip i listened to the post-trip report but how would you rate it i really loved it i mean i we've we've gotten so good at doing so much non-casino stuff um everything is really crowded <laughs> all, all the time which is good to see uh i know my co-host kyle actually just went midweek he went on a tuesday mm-hmm. night uh and it was not crowded because it was a Tuesday night in September. And uh, his complaint is midweek, which I almost never go. I I always go Friday into Saturday or something like that. A lot of stuff was closed for for him. So trying to get dinner, stuff was closed. Trying to go to a bar, he tried to go to the Piccadilly pub and it was closed on a Tuesday. So that's a totally different experience. But yeah, for me going on weekends, it's always been great. And yeah, we just had a had a really good time. Great. Now, if anyone doubts the influence of your podcast, and if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Craig Stone. He's the co-host of the Do For A Win Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. You gave a lukewarm review to the coffee at uh, Water Dog at Bally's, and this was a restaurant that everyone – relatively new, about a year old. This was a restaurant that everyone was high on. Whenever I would visit Bally's, whenever I would talk to people from Bally's, whenever I'd be in Atlantic City, everyone would always say the same thing. Oh, have you been to Water Dog yet? Have you been to Water Dog yet? People seemed really into it. Sure enough, after your lukewarm review as to the coffee, Water Dog has closed. What's going on there? Why would you kill Water Dog? Yeah, I feel a little bad about that. I mean it wasn't just a lukewarm review. I said it was the worst coffee I've ever had in my life. Um, So so – Maybe that was a little bit far. I mean, it really was the worst coffee I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but uh, the food was fine. The service was 
okay. But uh, I think for them, it's probably just really hard to run a 24-hour restaurant. Mm. Um, you know, casinos historically have always had that 24-hour coffee shop. But I think the relationship of, you know, it, it's not owned by the casino. It's somebody, you know, presumably leasing the space. I think that it, it's really hard to make, make a go of that 24 hours, seven days a week. I mean, I just talked about stuff being closed midweek. When you don't have that option and you've got to always be staffed and you've got to always be open and always have the food available and that kind of stuff, I'm sure the costs add up very quickly. Um, it's a little surprising it only lasted a year because it did, you know, people did seem to like it a lot, like you said. Now, obviously, it's unfair to compare uh, the kind of food establishment where you go for a uh, a quick, um, you know, what's that donut you like, the toasted coconut donut? Yeah, which I, I haven't seen lately. It's just a regular untoasted coconut donut. No, it's outrageous. Donuts. I mean, it goes to show you uh, how far society has fallen that the toasted coconut donut, which was once ubiquitous, is now so difficult to find. Um, it's tough to compare a restaurant like that to a restaurant that uh, specializes in uh, fine dining, a place like Il Molino at Hard Rock. But if you had to pick, gun to your head, what would you say your favorite restaurant in Atlantic City is? Oh, man. <laughs> We asked the tough questions, Craig. I mean, my I think my single favorite meal I've ever had in Atlantic City was at Izakaya at the Borgata. Mm. I just thought they nailed everything. It's it's like Japanese fusion, I guess. Uh, Kyle, my co-host, went and was not enamored with it. So, you know, <laughs> I guess take my my opinion with a grain of salt. Uh, or a grain Doc's of soy oyster sauce house. in that case. Yeah, Do- yeah Doc's Oyster House um, out, I think it's on Pacific Ave. Is is fantastic. We both sing its praises all the time. Um, I haven't actually been since it's been totally redone, but uh, everybody says it's amazing. They have a they actually opened Doherty's at Resorts, which is upstairs in the dining um, level at Resorts. Which the first time we went was absolutely fantastic. Everything was amazing. The second time we went much more lukewarm on it. Hmm. Um, so so I'd stick with Doc's probably as, right. as my number uh, one Makes restaurant. sense. Hey, last question, Craig. You guys used to review an episode of Boardwalk Empire at the end of every show. For people that like Atlantic City, for people that have never been to Atlantic City, would you recommend uh, Boardwalk Empire with Steve Buscemi to either or both of those car- cate- uh, categories? Is this good TV for everybody? Is this good TV only if you're into AC? What did you think? I think it's a good show period if you're into the Sopranos sort of style of, you know, HBO, big budget drama. The acting's really good. For the most part, the writing's really good. I, I think what I said on the show was just skip the third season, the Jip Rossetti season. Just like read a recap of it and skip it. Um, the other thing I would really change is watch it, watch more than one episode every two weeks. There's not that many episodes in the show. Just plow right. through it and everything will make much more sense, I think, than if you're taking these long breaks. It took us two years to watch it, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But yeah, I think it's a good show. Uh, Craig Stone, uh, check out the Do For A Win Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. You could check it out at doforawin.com. Craig, hopefully I'll see you in Atlantic City sooner rather than later, all right? Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you can give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.